Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, y'all. Um, we'll be talking trade rumors, and we'll be doing that every day until February 26th and probably have a lengthy show on deadline day. We're still planning how long and what we're going to do and how many people we're going to have on the show. Um, it should be interesting. I always love that day. Russ, it, I think I've told this story before. Um, you know, back in the day, Oh, Peter's Peter's coming on right now. Well, there you go. I'll, Peter, we're I, live. I'm driving to let you know I got to get home first. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Just just log off and we're live right now. So you uh, can watch just, Peter driving. Yeah, just concentrate on the road and we'll get and you know come on as soon as you're available. <laughs> there you go. I'll see you in a bit. Bye. All right. All right. <laughs> that's, that's a little teaser that's, there. That's Peter Tessier live from Winnipeg. Um, so no. You got to remember, and then this is the thing, being being a little older, um, I, you know, and we take it for granted now, Sportsnet all-day coverage, Hockey Buzz, right. TSN all-day coverage. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. There's Sports Talk Radio. None of this existed in, say, 1979 or 1980. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this, is, this, is, this is where it was. It was – the newspaper in Buffalo, the newspaper, the morning and afternoon editions, but they, you know, they were not updated to the, to the minute they had to print them out. So they, at best, the afternoon edition had like news from 9am and that was basically it. The 6pm sports, which was about five, six minutes at the end of the broadcast. And there was a news radio uh, station in town they would have updates on 15 and 45 on the hour or 20 and 40 right. or sports phone. I would call my buddy Howie Carpin with sports phone. And, yeah. and, and Russ, when I was in a Stratomatic league, the guy, a guy who I knew in the New York area told me about sports phone. So I, and I can remember this clear as day. Now sports phone folks was basically updated every 15 minutes and they would read off all the trades so for somebody right. who was a hockey junkie like me involved in, you know, not only being a fan of the game, but involved in Stratomatic leagues and wanting to know where the players are going and all that stuff. I mean, that was, it was, it was heaven, but I'm an idiot and I'm calling it every 15 minutes and listening to it through oh, the full three minutes to get all the news. So I'm 13 years old. And the next month, my mother and father get a $185 phone bill and they're ready to and they're ready to lynch me, and I'm yeah. like, and they're like, "What the f is this?" Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> "I got the same talking to I did." Yeah, it was the trade deadline. I had you know, like, anyway. I can't so, hear you. Your volume dropped out. Can you hear me now? No. Hold. Okay, hold on. Oh boy. How about now? Nothing. Okay, why don't can you, you hang hear me? Up? I can hear you. Yes. Yeah. See, I can't hear you. I can see your lips moving. Uh, I'll, Is it? You want me to call back? Yes. Yes. We're using sign language here, folks. Um. So, so you know, this this is the problem when you have people calling. And I did it. I did it yesterday. So, can you hear me now? Nope. Okay. There he goes. There he goes, and he'll come back. But yeah, that people take it for granted that you know you have all this information instantaneous. We're gonna have like Darren Drager and Bob McKenzie and Pierre LeBrun and Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman all tweeting at the same time, giving us that information. And back in the day, that wasn't available. So it's gonna, it's gonna, it, it, it's always an interesting part part of the year. And I, I I'm anxious uh and excited for it to uh to ha to happen uh and what's going to unfold and i think there's a you know the one thing that i don't like about the uh the trade deadline now is the fact that 
the cap limits a lot of the these trades. And we're gonna have a lot of rental deals, but you know, it's I don't know whether we're gonna have as many okay. hockey deals. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can. You can. Okay. Good. I can hear you. Can't hear me. I can hear you. No, I, I would. Yeah, I'm, it, okay. it sound, sounds good now. No, but I, what, I, what I was, what I was, and I was stretching here while you, while you're coming back. I figured. Um, the one, the one By thing. By the way, I, I did get an invite from a female on 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 Google Hangouts. I want to let Doris know. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Doris. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks, Doris. She must be a big. Hockey. I guess she wanted to video chat, but I'm just not in the mood. Yeah, no, 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 no. But yeah, so I mean, this is this is the time of the year that I uh, I'm getting psyched up for this stuff, and I'm heading up to Toronto tonight for a puck talks event uh, at the Rivoli in Toronto with a, bu a bunch of hockey writers, and I probably will not be popular with my opinion. But uh, we'll and we'll talk about that because uh, I'm getting some inklings of some things that are going on with the Leafs that I, I don't not sure a lot of people want, uh, but I, I think is the best course of action if they actually do follow through on it. But let's uh, let's start the show here. Okay. Yep. And I've got a little bit of prospect talk too. Cool. Uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, February fifteenth, twenty eighteen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. We will be joined momentarily by with Peter Tassier. Um, and uh, I have to say that there were some romantic fools in the in the audience at the Air Canada Center last night. We had the traditional Valentine's Day, uh, a, a guy who proposed to his girlfriend. It was arranged on the scoreboard. It's the worst time to do it. It's the it's worst. The, yeah, and she said yes, but honestly, I think there were half the pe half the guys in the building were waving him off and saying, "No, don't do it." The only but, thing that was worse than that was the one guy who posted, "I'll marry you when the Leafs win the Stanley Cup," and that was like I probably saw that like seven years ago. They show that on the scoreboard still, like dur during like one of their uh, video montages, which are excellent. They uh, they they have the pick, and it's a very very pretty girl with a guy who's holding the sign saying, I will marry her. I'll propose to my girlfriend when the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. Well, I hope she's dumped that guy's ass because if you're waiting for that to happen, I'm not saying it's not going to happen in the next few years, but if that's what you're waiting for, find another guy. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. So, okay, let's, uh, we have to start. We have, we have to start on the Olympic page, Russ. I didn't yes. see, I didn't see the final score of the Canada game. I know it was four, nothing, uh, I'm assuming they they ended up winning that game. Uh, I, I I don't. Did you see the final score on that? I I, I did I, not. I didn't okay. see any of it. I'm assuming they won. I think I'll go out on a limb and say that they they beat Switzerland because they were winning four to one, four nothing. Um, but let's go back to the two games from yesterday. Um, we saw this coming, but I don't think we saw them losing to the U.S. losing to Slovenia. This is embarrassing. Yeah, Slovenia carried the play in the third period. Like, I don't know if I ever would have said that sentence. It was it was really embarrassing. You know, Zapolsky is pretty much what I thought as a goalie, a very average to below average kind of goalie. Couldn't play in the NHL. Um, Brian Gianta was sucking wind. The, um, you know, Jordan Greenway had a layup of a, of a put-in. That's great. But in key times in the third period, the whole team was disappeared. They disappeared. They yeah. they couldn't keep up the pace. They couldn't play on that ice. And we kept we were we were we were being told, well, these are the guys we want because they're used to this. Except the problem is they aren't that talented. I would rather have had the young college guys with young legs, yes. the offensive studs like Casey Middlestat and Brady Kachuk out there buzzing around with some veterans, and I think we would have seen something completely different. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Not only Kachuk, not only Middlestead, but Adam Fox and all you know, guys, oh. guys, guys who have been in college for a couple of years. No, maybe they don't play on Olympic ice surfaces, but they're all. Well, they do. They do in World Juniors and yeah. and other and other things, so they're used to it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I didn't get the choices. I'm not, you know, I'm not slagging on these guys, but and and I and I heard somebody like when when. I got to the Air Canada Center uh, yesterday in, in the morning, just at the time that uh, you know we were texting each other, and you told me that it was tied to two. Um, and 
then it comes on the the TV that Slovenia has won, and somebody says, "Well, Slovenia is only without one player from the team that they had." I'm like, "Yeah, the one oh. player is Anze Kopitar. He's everything. <laughs> he's he's absolutely everything." And sure. yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. So I mean, yes, I mean we saw this coming. Again, we didn't see them losing to Slovenia, but if they're losing to Slovenia. Wow then it doesn't look good for the rest of the tournament. I know one game is, you know, you, a team can lose and then bounce back, but there's not a ton of talent here. This is not the best product that the U.S. could put forth, and it showed yesterday. And then the only way they're bouncing back is if they get, like, more energy. Yeah. And I don't know if you can – I don't know if they're going to get that. Yeah. And then uh, the surprise – I think even an almost even bigger surprise is Slovakia beating Russia – three to two yeah that one you know the russians do always start off slow and maybe the, the big key though the big key and i was talking to shell samuelson who is a uh, player development guy for the flyers and we all remember him as a huge defenseman yes craig ramsey is their coach yeah for slovakia and so when i was talking to shell i said i bet you they're running a complete defensive system and he said he started laughing he goes they're probably two steps off the red line and they're starting to hit guys at that point. And I bet you Russia just wasn't ready for that. Yeah, they're play, they're playing a trap or or, or the torpedo yeah. or whatever. whatever. Yeah. They're play, they're play, yeah, and and that's smart to do. Like in a in a yep. you, especially against a team that's got more offensive talent than you, you have to be able to shut them down and frustrate them. And if you do that, that's half the game. And I, I was making jokes yesterday when we did the uh, did the the webcast with Pete Weber. I was like, I'm waiting for you know Datsuk and Kobuchuk better be ready. Uh, better be scared too because if they don't watch, they're going to be summering with their families in Siberia. Because honestly, yeah. they, if they lose if they lose this tournament with the advantage that they have, I worry about them. They're heading back to the NHL for their own sake. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, we do need to mention the women's game too. I did watch yeah. that in its, in its entirety. That was a great game. Actually, we also did correctly say that we felt like the women's games would be a lot better than the men's and so far that's true the women's game was so much better the pace was great mm -hmm. there were so many good scoring chances jocelyn lamoureux's uh penalty shot was fantastic like if anybody ever wants to rip the women's game and say well they're just not talented or exciting mm -hmm. go watch that penalty shot and then watch the save that ensued both of them were great. Like this was a great game. I know Canada won, yeah. but it's a good tune-up game. It is. It was a two-one game. So what the well, hell? Well, and 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 I and I said this yesterday, and I I was scoffed at it. I, I almost wish that you know I almost hope for the U.S. to say because I'm obviously I'm, I'm American, so I'm rooting for the U.S. That Canada wins the first game because yeah. every time like it, it seems like when Canada and the U.S. meet in the preliminary round, the U.S. wins the game because the game is not meaningless, but it does it doesn't have the you know, the, the gravitas of a, of a gold medal game. And then, you know, they maybe they take things for granted or whatever, but Canada always, you know, most always wins when it counts. You know, now the U.S., I think if they had any qualms, they know that they're up against a team that can beat them. So I think that when it gets to the gold medal game, if they both meet there, that there'll be a little more impetus on the part of the and, U.S. And I do think the U.S. coach made a mistake. I do think Canada was offsides or potentially offsides, and they didn't challenge that second goal. Yeah, I saw I saw the highlights after the fact because I was I was basically getting tweets from uh, yeah. from people as I'm driving back last night from the Leaf game. So you know I, I missed out on it, but but I was able to see some of it. And yes, I mean I yeah. I mean honestly, the game I'm most anticipating in this tournament is not anything involving the men. It's going to be Canada yeah. versus U.S. and the women's because I think yes. it'll be a fantastic. That will draw game. the biggest ratings. I really believe that. Yeah, but but you know what? You know what? It, it's it's funny, honestly. If the U.S. They, they believe they play Slovakia next. If they lose, these games will be on like CNBC two. Nobody will nobody be watching them because it, it's embarrassing how bad this, that that the team would be. Speaking of embarrassing, uh, let's talk about PM Maguire for a minute. Doing that game, uh, for one thing, he uh oh, get past that. But I would have preferred somebody else. But Pierre did it down the middle. I give him that. Yeah. But what he did do, which was kind of weird, was at one point in the game, he was pointing out one of the players and saying, well, she's the girlfriend of Mike Matheson of the Florida Panthers. And, like, I don't 
care. Nobody cared. We yeah. all talked about it online and nobody cared. We want game analysis. We don't want love connections. Yeah, we when we when we're watching the uh, the Ottawa Senators in Toronto last Saturday and Dion Phaneuf is on the ice, we're not saying, well, he's married to Alicia Cuthbert. Right. Right. So let's let's treat it down the middle here. It's like okay, we don't, you know, just be, you know, or or Brooks like is treat married. the women's game like the men's game. That's all I yeah, ask. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I don't have any problem with that. It's like I, you know, I mean, yeah. So let's just, but I, you know, this is the thing though, Russ, is that NBC I think is looking for any hook, anything to to. Yeah. To pump up the ratings because I think this. I know, but I don't care about hockey right. power couples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, um, let's 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 start with the news from yesterday. Well, actually, it was from Tuesday, late Tuesday night. But you weren't on the show yesterday, so I wanted to get your opinion on it. The the the, the Dion Phaneuf trade, the first trade of the deadline, basically, which ended up being a hockey deal and not really a rental deal because Phaneuf's got three years left in his contract. So does Gabrick. Um, uh, and I said yesterday, I think that the the Sens are praying to God that Gabrick retires because this. Uh, I don't know about that. There's another angle here. Okay, go ahead. The other angle, and I'll say that I talked about this last night on Paul McCann's Slapshot Radio in Nashville. Uh, they had me on, and what if Marion Gabrick is going to get dealt again? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, and if they if Ottawa eats a certain amount of money and deals them again, they could get a better haul. And then they got Shore for nothing, who's a good depth center. Like he's not going to ever be a great player, but at least he's another player on the roster. Well, that could I, be the move. I don't know how much more money they can eat because I mean, got to remember this is Eugene Melnick. I don't think he wants to eat money. The one the one benefit here but is they saved, but they saved on for enough. You correctly pointed that out. Yeah. They uh, uh, for the remaining three years of the deal, they save close to four million dollars. So that that uh, and that's you know that's not that's not chicken feed, um, right? But where I think you know Gabarik, it's a it's a thirty five and under deal. So if he does retire, and remember he turned thirty six and he's had a lot of injury problems over the last couple of years. He's his numbers are not the traditional Gabrick numbers from the, you know, this year after coming back from the injury. So, and you know, and he, on social media, he says, you know, he's glad to, you know, take on the new challenge of playing in Ottawa, yeah. but this is a, this is a rebuilding situation. And I'll be curious to see whether, you know, he's in the lineup every night. If, if, if he's playing top six minutes, then maybe he sticks around. If they, if they do what, Toronto did with Milan Mahalik a couple a couple years ago, where he made the he made the roster. He played like the first five games. He scored a couple points. He didn't look bad. They put him on waivers, sent him down to the American Hockey League, and then didn't play him. And basically, yeah, they won't like, do that. They won't yeah. do that. But what if they put him in a top six role and he looks good? They still got plenty of time to deal him, and I think they could do that. Yeah, it's 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 possible. It's it's po you know they could, you know they could put them with Derek Broussard, who they're also shopping. They could put them yep. with, you know, I mean, I, I you know I, I haven't watched that many Kings games this year, but apparently he's still got something left. It's just the, no, it's he's the still age. got something. Yeah, it's yeah. the age and the length of the deal. But you know, I think that they may be looking at the fact that okay, maybe he plays another year, but then they get cap relief on the last two years. Whereas with Fanuf. Right. Or or they buy them out and the buyout's cheaper, but uh, yeah. So it's I mean that's the first and, and the thing that we we talked about yesterday was is this going to be like is this the first move that'll have sort of domino effects and I don't think it will simply because Fanuf was a it was a hockey deal and it was a money dump deal and it wasn't a rental deal and I think the first right. rental deal like if if Mike Green is traded tomorrow then you know Gabrants and then. Johnson, all these guys, then it'll start clicking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, okay, look, I was at the Leaf game last night. Uh, Leafs sweep their five-game homestand. They beat uh, John Tortorella in the Columbus Blue Jackets 6-3. to three. And it was funny, Russ. They played Bobrovsky in Brooklyn the previous night, second of back-to-back to go with Corpusallo, who career-wise had great – has really good numbers against the Leafs. The Leafs scored two goals in the first period, and Tortorella mouths down to Bobrovsky. One more, and you're in. 
<laughs> and I'm like, wow. I mean, and they, you know, they're they're playing like five games in the next like nine nights. It's like you can't do that, especially with Bobrovsky, who has a history of injuries. You can't you know, do Torres, that. If you're if you're on the bench and you're available and you're a goalie, he's using you when he feels like using you. He doesn't care about the other stuff. Now, now that being said, I thought the Blue Jackets played a pretty good game, and they had oh, they had 57 shots on the Leafs. And the, you know, Jake Gardner um, had some sort of lower body injury early in the first period, and the Leafs played with five defensemen. And Freddie Anderson had to stand on his head; he was unbelievable. Now he didn't have to he didn't have to make you know ten bell saves all night, but you know, fifty seven shots yeah. is fifty seven shots. Hey, Peter, yeah. how's it going? Good. Peter, can you hear me? There you go. Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. No, no, no problem. Um, so we were just talking about the Leafs game last night and just an observation of it. Now, you know, Gardner's injury doesn't appear to be serious, so I don't think that's going to make the, the Leafs make any kind of moves. But the the last three games of James Van Riemsdyk have been very curious. His ice time has been going down slightly every game to the point that last night he played the least amount of ice time of any Leaf forward. He played only 10 minutes and 10 seconds uh, the entire game and uh, played one shift in the last 10 minutes of, uh, of regulation. And, they, you know, it wasn't a tight game. But, you know, th there was no reason. It wasn't like it was, a, it was a tight game and he's a defensive liability, so you sit him. They just – they were they played Caspery Kapanen more than James Van Riemsdyk. And in, talk, in talking to somebody after the game, I'm like, D am, I, am I out on a limb here? I, I think this is like the, – this is signaling that – you know they're limiting his ice time. That meaning, I think they don't want him to get hurt. Mm -hmm. They're testing out some of the other guys to see how they react to more ice time. I think that the signs are there that they're going to trade him rather than they're going to keep him. It could be a dog whistle for that. There, there's no question about it. Um, we'll see. I mean, or this is just a time of the year where they want to test Captain and more because it's a soft spot in the schedule where they're they're pretty they're pretty well set. Let's see what we can do with him. It's one or the other. Peter, what do you yeah. think? I, I think, well, didn't, didn't, I mean, last night, didn't they move um, Marner up with Kadri and change a bunch of things as well? Like, wasn't well, there a whole, like, there was more than just limiting JVR and bringing in Kapanen. Like, Babcock did a few different things, right? Well, the open, the opening face off, the opening lineup, and this is getting too into the minutiae of the Leafs, but just bear with us. Um, the opening, because we never line, do that. Because we never do that. Yeah, of course not. No, God forbid. The opening, the opening, the lineup in the opening faceoff was Kapanen, Komarov, and Tyler Bozak, which is the fourth line wingers with the third line center. Um, Komarov played more minutes on the. Uh, you know, played more minutes in JVR and more minutes on different lines than he did on the fourth line. He played in the fourth line, but then he got extra shifts in the defensive zone on the second line. But I mean, the thing that was curious was that that JVR had less minutes than Dominic Moore, you know, who's the fourth line yeah, center. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's 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 strange, but I'm just saying, and, and there's no guarantee here. It's I think it's all dependent on whether. You know what the return is, but I mean, does anybody argue with the premise that if JVR is truly out there, that he gets more in a trade than Kane or Nash? Because I think he does. No, I agree. I think he will. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think he and Kane are probably comparables on on the return. It's just again, is, is it a team that wants to get him and potentially sign him again, or is it a team that just wants him for a run? And and that's going to be the same thing with Kane. Now going around, going around the league, and we start with Philadelphia here. Um, now Pierre LeBrun reported yesterday regarding the situation with Brian Elliott. Elliott is out five to six weeks. The Flyers are in the playoff race. They're current. I think they're currently holding one of the one of the three spots in the in the Metro, not the wild card, but I think they're in third in the Metro. Last time I looked, but I, I know they're in a playoff spot right now. But you know, right now their goaltending is Neuvirth and Alex Lyon, and the three name, the two names that were out there that have been out there for a while have been Leonard. I think Chad Johnson should be out there. I think that's the more realistic option. I know that you you said that, Russ, uh, yeah. and and Peter and Peter Morazic, who I think right. uh, Peter Morazic scares me. If you're actually you know if you're actually trying to make the playoffs, I mean the the upside is there because you know, we've seen him play well in Detroit, but that was a couple years ago. The last two years he's been 
pretty bad. But then, you know, the team doesn't love him. Like, it's, it could be a change of scenery thing. Morazic does have good skills when he's on. Uh, yeah, I would, if I'm the Flyers, I, I would go with Chad Johnson. I tweeted I would trade him for Mark Alt for the Flyers, who's a big kid. His dad was a, uh, I think his dad was a CFL player, Peter, and football player. And um, he's, he's a big physical defenseman. He skates well enough. He could be a bottom-pairing guy. I think that's a fair return now. If, if the Flyers go in deeper, I don't think they're going to go in as deep as Leonard because he's an RFA. Yeah. And then you're getting into the situation where if you sign this guy, you're slowing down Carter Hart. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. And you know, so Morazic's possible, but the problem with Morazic is it's going to cost you more assets. And I think yeah. I don't think Ron Hextall is going to go in heavy for assets here. Yeah, I, Peter, before you answer that, LeBron did say Chad Johnson. I had heard from somebody else the name of Leonard mentioned. And Leonard, Leonard I think, is going to cost a lot more. Uh, and that makes no sense. It makes no sense for them. No. And the other name that he mentioned was Calvin Pickard. And that's possible, but I know that the Leafs like Calvin Pickard. They like what they've seen out of him. He's played really, really well in the American Hockey League for them, splitting with Garrett Sparks. And you got to remember Curtis McElhaney, even though he's having a really good year this year, he's 34 years old. He may retire at the end of the year. Um, he, goaltenders at that age, they can drop off precipitously. So I, I don't think that the, the Leafs will. Well, he's not like a, he's not like a 90 year old guy at a no, nursing home. No, but in a hockey age, that's what I'm talking about. No, it's not like it's me walking up the stairs. You're talking about him dropping off, like kicking off. Well, no, I'm not talking about him dying for Christ's sake. But anyway, um, <laughs> jeez, no. So, uh, but so the, the goaltender market seems to be limited to two teams though. It's the, uh, unless the, unless, Oh, uh, by the way, unless uh, Hutchinson gets in the mix. Yeah. That was, that was, that was, that was the name I, that was the name I was going to mention. Have, has there been anything yeah. about Hutchinson? Nothing, not a word. There's it's, it's complete and utter radio silence about him. And, you know, I mean, there's a guy who, you know, if you needed a goalie to get you, if you're trying to make a push like the flyers, there's a guy who makes a lot of sense. It won't cost a lot. Yep. He's a UFA. He's playing well, you know, and you, you may not need a future for him, but if he could get in to the, the problem that the Jets won't trade him is because we still don't know what's going on with Steve Mason and his right. concussions. Right. And that's a bit of a concern right now. Yeah. And Steve Mason would never be going back to Philly anyhow. No. So that's not happening now, yeah. but, but I mean, but Philly. I mean, Philly is in Philly is in an interesting position here, Russ. Because I mean, you see that you see that young group that they're that they're building. That they, I think that they're going to build around over the next two or three years. You know, the Sandheims, the Gosta Spears, the Profiroffs yes. on defense. Um, you know, Nolan Patrick, Morgan Frost is leading the Ontario Hockey League in scoring. So they they hit a home run on that pick. Uh, Carter Hart was the World Junior. I mean, this is the group. I mean. In a couple years, the Voracek's and the Jerus are going to be the support players, and this young group yes. is going to be the, is going to be the core. Yep, no question about it. That's the way they're they're going, and you know you could uh, add Isaac Ratcliffe into that mix too. Yeah. Now, okay, just touching on some other situations, the the, the defensive. Uh, and uh, Peter, before you came on, we basically said the Fanuf deal, like we said yesterday, the Fanuf deal. I don't think is going to be the domino. Uh, where like all of a sudden now all the defensemen are going to come off the board because that was a hockey deal, not a rental deal. I think we're yeah. waiting for that first rental deal to start th to start things down the road, and probably the first one will be the Mike will be Mike Green. Um, Le Pierre LeBron reporting that the that the Caps are you know what he would consider moderate buyers, and you know the last year they did they did Shattenkirk, but I, I I continue to think that that deal was a block to you know, prevent Pittsburgh or somebody else who was one of their com contenders to getting Shattenkirk. But they he thinks that they're 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 going to be looking for a veteran defenseman. Maybe Green fits in. He seems to think it's going to be somebody cheaper like a Johnny Oduya who you know probably would fit in as a bottom pairing guy. I don't think Johnny Oduya moves the needle much. No. No, I mean, you know, at one point he would have, but you know, and he did yeah. for the Hawks when they acquired him, but eh, not anymore. No, you know, is Nick Holden, and that's another name he mentioned, is yes. Nick Holden going to move the needle at all when it comes to the Caps in terms of being? I a mean, it could because he does have offensive ability. He can shoot the puck. He can score some goals. It's possible. I mean, I think I think even if the Rangers are in the situation where they're still sort of contending, 
they could trade Holden because D'Angelo's looked pretty good. So it's not like and, and though Camphor has an injury now, so I don't know the extent of of his injury. So, but but that is a possibility. Uh, something that I mentioned to you offline, Mike, and and didn't wasn't on the show yesterday. Uh, Dave Isaac of the Courier Post told me that Wayne Simmons of the Flyers felt like the Rangers weren't even going to be sellers, and so. Like, I think that's interesting when players do get that impression because they hear things too. And yeah. until I, I told you, until the Rangers actually make a deal or two, there yeah. is going to be skepticism. Well, I mean, all they need to do is lose a couple more games. And I think it'll be, it'll be, you know, cuckoo for Coco. That pop. game against Minnesota was only a three, two game. So I'm not I sure you could even build it off of that. I get it, but and and I don't know. I don't know who it was. Oh yes, I do. Uh, and I I won't mention his name, but there was a report out there about you know, advocating the Rangers trading Henrik Lundqvist. And I, I have to tell you, even if they're going through a reset, a retool, they're not trading Henrik. They're not trading Henrik Lundqvist. They're no, not. They're not. No. I mean, first of all, he would have to approve. If they did, I though, I told you, I'd be in favor of that. If they did, if they really were doing things the right way and really trying to maybe build towards getting Jack Hughes, somebody I'll talk about in a minute for next year, yeah. I'd be okay with that. I would. Yeah, I mean that. That I mean that's the that's the that's the tear down and rebuild mode that you saw in Toronto that you saw. Right. But I don't think they're doing that either. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, I, I don't think. The, I don't think they can risk doing that because you know hockey is sort of that back page, you know, in in New York, and they still need the the attention, and Lundqvist still brings the attention, and I think if you retool within a year or two you still have a goaltender who's still one of the better goalies in the league backstopping you yeah i i don't if of all the players on on the rangers like what that you say you might you're suggesting you're going to trade or, or be open for business one yeah. is at the bottom of the list it makes no sense to, to move him because then you like you move him you're really rebuilding it isn't retooling it's right you're going right. down a completely different path yeah and that's not something that they suggested in that in their in their announcement it's not something that anyone's said and and that's that's just a risky move on a ton of fronts most most importantly the idea that you still have to have fans believing in what you're doing and Lundquist keeps you believing now now we don't know how extensive things are going to be when it comes to the rangers um, it seems you know, it seems generally accepted that uh, it's going to be Grabner, it's going to be no, uh, Holden, it's going to be Nash. The, the the pending UFAs get assets for them, um, but there still is there still is things being floated around regarding McDonough, regarding JT Miller, regarding Zuccarello. I mean, those are all those are all nice. I mean, and you're going to continue to hear that until three after three p.m. on February 26th. And if something yep. happens, something happens. I know that you know Eck is reporting from some of his sources that New York is working on a blockbuster, and of course it's tied to the Leafs. And you know the the name of McDonough um, makes a bit of sense for the Leafs based on the fact of his salary and him having another mm -hmm. year. And the, and the Leafs are looking for somebody they can retain. Not just a rental, but the rain Russ, the Rangers would have to come off the names like Nylander and the names like Marner because they're not trading those guys. I mean, would they trade? Yeah, but maybe this is why they Bruce and Capitan's minutes. I mean, it is possible. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold that. They want to move Kapanen. I I've heard I've heard well, but you gotta remember they're they're going if 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 they get McDonough, that pushes Hainsey down. You yes. have a legitimate top pairing defenseman. Yeah. I think they would give up Kapanen for that and they does, would have to give up more. And I do McDonough, think that, that would be a possibility. Does McDonough play his offside? His offhand? He can play either side, yes. He doesn't okay. He's he's open to it though, right? He's not one of these guys. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him lately, Peter. I don't know, <laughs> right? But, no, but I mean that comes out, right? Like I mean, right. there. Yes. You say like, I want to play this side. Like I can. No, do he's the very other versatile. Side. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and, that, and, and that, that's key for the Leafs, right? Yes. Yes. That 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 is the form. That is the formula that a lot. I mean, you want to improve the Leafs' defense right away. If they get themselves a legitimate top four defenseman like a McDonough, the move is that person plays in the top four. 
They move Hainsey down to the bottom pairing, and I will bet you and bet you bottom dollar it would be Hainsey and Roman Polak or Hainsey and Travis Dermott. Right. Uh, in, in as as the bottom pairing in the playoffs, with with McDonough added to their defense and moving things around a little bit, their defense is their defense will be capable of 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 possibly beating a Boston or a Tampa in in the first round. Yeah. But as it's currently constituted, I don't I don't think that they they have enough. Their offense is good, and and you know the thing is, I mean maybe maybe. A JVR deal would be tied to this in the sense that they would have to get the prospects and assets from a JVR deal to move in a deal to get. I mean, the it's possible they could get JVR in this deal if he's already going to sign with them. That is possible, right? I mean, and that that you don't that you don't know whether you know a team is giving the, his his uh, agent permission to talk to the Rangers and get a structure of a deal or something like that. I mean, that that's possible. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities there, and and. And um, Ak is saying that there is the possibility of a three-team deal, which normally doesn't happen. But after the uh, the deal that happened between Nashville, and Ottawa, and Colorado, I think anything is possible. Yeah. So we'll keep anything's possible when teams want to sort of save money and gain assets. Yeah, so when you're talking, let me throw a variable out though. Sure. And and a lot of the noise yesterday that came out of Jim Benning's extension yes. is and and is that there's a belief that there's some internal power struggles going on within the Canucks and what it means from the strategic direction that they're going. And one of the criticisms that started coming out of Vancouver was, okay, now you've given him his deal. You've given him the, the reins. You've solidified what he's in control of. And are you going to change the message that's coming out of there? And to tie where I was going with this is, if the Rangers are prepared to sell McDonough and take and work on the Leafs, should Jim Benning be on the phone right now with Hunter and, and trying to get Tanev for more to, to the Leafs for more? And do you prefer Tanev or do you prefer McDonough if you're a Leafs fan? Well, if, Hunter's here in Michigan with me, so I'll keep an eye on him and see if he goes on the phone. Um, fair enough. But, go ahead, well, Mike. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I mean, okay. Do, who do I think is a better defenseman? I think McDonough is much better defenseman. But Tanev fits well in the sense that he's a right-hand shot. He's played with Morgan Riley. He played with Morgan Riley at the World Championships a couple years ago. They played really well. He's a, he's a Toronto native. He's a, he's a mobile player. The one thing that's scary about Tanev is that Tanev is a magnet for injury. He's a shot blocker. He, you know, he, The game against Toronto, he took a shot in the face, had six of his teeth knocked out. He seems to get injured a lot, and he, he, there's a lot of wear on those tires. And he's under contract, I think, another two years after at like $4.4 million. So it's an investment. I actually think the price for Tanev would be less than it is for McDonough because McDonough is a, a top player. And I, Here's the other thing. I, I don't think there's a power struggle going on in, in Vancouver. Yeah. I think this was a smart signing because Trevor Linden doesn't have the experience yet to be able to run all that himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he's relying on Benning, especially from a scouting perspective, where he has done a really good job identifying players and helping the scouting staff. Like, right. again, Brock Besser. Yeah. I, I still I like Vertanen. I Yulevi. mean, there's a lot of players there. Yulevi. Yulevi. Yeah, there's a lot of players there. Thatcher Demko. I mean, they, they have they have they have a, yeah. they, they have a really good uh, um, you know list of. It's not the best spots. in the league, and it's no. not the worst. You know, it's like in the middle. But they have some good. But yeah. they have some bright spots. But the one thing that was the one thing that was curious about the statement, and I read most of it yesterday, Peter, was the fact that it emphasized it, it emphasized the development, the scouting. It was it was not a we're gonna make the playoffs next year letter. It's we're going to we're rebuilding and we're rebuilding with prospects and the the sharp scouting eye of Jim Benning leading the way. Well, that makes sense though. But that's exactly what the Canucks should be doing. Yes. And now at this point, if that's what your message to the fans is, you should be liquidating. Yeah, you should now send out the same thing through your Twitter account that the Rangers did, and you should be liquidating out. And Tanev's but they the won't. First but one. They won't, Peter, because the owner there is very hands-on, and I don't think he is for that. Well, I mean, he. Came. I won't say what I know about the owner on air because I don't want to be sued. 
he he came out as part of the statement and basically rubber stamped it. But that may be just for public consumption. Yeah, but that's yeah. Right. Yeah. But but the thing is, you're you're absolutely right, Peter. If they're following, if they're following the direction that they should, it's what will you give me for Thomas Vanek? Give me the most that you can. Gone. What will you give me for Erica Branson? Gone. Anybody yeah. who's a UFA, gone because you can resign yeah. them in the summer. And you know, obviously, not, they're not going to move the Sedines. But if no. if if they and because the Sedines have complete control, but if they were open to, I mean, how, how much how much all of a sudden you drop the Sedines on the market? Would they would they attract in terms of them them being like a, a lot? Yeah, attract a lot. A lot. Right. Yeah. Now, no doubt. A couple other names out there. Uh, I saw Jack Johnson last night. He scored a goal against the Leafs. Um, Russ, I look at Columbus, and you know Nick Foligno has not had the greatest of years. Uh, um, um, uh, you know there are other the guy who scored Cam Atkinson, who scored thirty over thirty goals last year, is having an off year. This is a team that's right in the race. They're a couple points out of a wild card. They're like four points behind third place. They need that offense. They they need an offensive jump. I mean, they're not getting enough. You know, Wenberg is back. Bjorkstrand, uh, um, you know, Dubois. I mean, they they have some young players, but I think they need one more offensive piece. And if they don't get it, I don't think they're making it. They could try and make a trade for sure, and Johnson could be a part of that. And maybe they'll get what they want or bring up Sonny Milano. If you don't find a trade out there that's that's worthy, let Tortorella actually put him in the lineup and give him a really good chance. Cause again, I think we pointed out he's one of their top goal scorers, but of course he's not playing a 200 foot game. And so John doesn't like that. Peter, this is how bad it's gotten on Long Island or in Brooklyn. There was a GoFundMe movement yes. to to pay for a billboard near the Barclays to basically say, screw you, Garth. We want you fired. And, and you know what? Hey, good on him. I mean, if that's what you, if that's where your passion is coming from, whether it's money well spent or not, is but okay, yeah. But if that's the passion of the fan base, that's great. Like, I mean, I think that that's kind of fun in, in, in a way that hey, if you want to spend your money that way, that's great. But you know, given what's going on with the Islanders and 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 just a complete and utter, um, tumultuous sort of hit recent history that they've had is cutting out guard snow in a bit not a bad idea given you're going to be moving to a new arena you're going to have you're going to have this weird transition period before you get your new arena and isn't that the time to start saying we got to build for the future and the future starts now we've got the arena in place everything's gonna happen garth you're gone i i, mean, I don't think it's going to happen before the trade deadline and all of a sudden they're what they want is going to change but you know at some point you got to listen to, you got to understand, like people are upset. And if you're moving and you've got this transition year, you need to keep the fans interested because your competition think, down the street sure as heck is. Yeah, I think the deadline's important for Garth. We'll see what happens after that. I think that's going to tell the story here. Yeah, last one here and then we'll end the show and we'll be back tomorrow. I got something too, Mike. Okay. Okay. No. I, yeah. I know. I want. But I'm just saying. Last name in terms of rumors. Yes. Name. The name of Max Domi has come up, and this honestly, this is symptomatic of a team that's rudderless and clueless. Because I know he's had, he's not having a good year, but this you know this is the the Arizona Coyotes who have traded Anthony Duclair for basically nothing. Uh, you know, I, you know, Richard. Well, Ponick unless they resign Panic, unless they resign Panic. Well, I mean, he's got another year in his contract. I think it was a salary dump. They oh, wanted okay. to get they wanted to get rid of Duclair, and they and they and they dumped the salary after Panic scored twenty goals. And maybe that was the the prudent move for Stan Bowman. But I'm looking from the Arizona perspective. Duclair is a talented young guy. Maybe he's got some problems in the locker room, but you gave him away for basically nothing. When a couple of years ago, after he scored pretty well, you probably could have got a ton for him if he was a problem. Now the name of Max Domi is out there. Now they're not talking about dumping him, but they're talking about he maybe needed needs a change of scenery. And you know, this, if 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 this is a team like Columbus, if this is a team like Buffalo who is looking for scoring. This is a guy who can score. I would be all over this because Arizona is dumb to trade Max Domi. They're not oh, trading him. I don't think. I don't think his name. We haven't heard John Chica say anything. I think this is people guessing that Max Domi is out there. I don't think he's out there. 
I don't. It would completely go against everything that Chaika should be thinking, doing, and logically proceeding given his other moves. But then, declare. Like, I mean, it, it, it's everything that happens in Arizona is such a confusing thing because it's rudderless, as Mike just said, but it's not even like they care to go in a direction because the directions change so many times. And maybe that's got to do with ownership. Maybe that's got to do with venue. Maybe that's got to do with the uncertainty of a thousand other things that happen in that area and with that franchise. But you know, nothing's going to get stable there until you start actually stabilizing what's on the ice and making them a competitive hockey team. And all the moves that Chike has made seem to be counterintuitive to that. Yeah, and that's and, what's so confusing. And and more than and more than likely, you're going to see one of the the moves. What what I thought was a good move at the draft. One of the moves that he made. Uh, be undone because they're probably going to trade Yarmolson before the deadline because Yarmolson, from indications that I've heard out there, uh, doesn't like it in Arizona and he's got a year left in the contract. And yeah. you know, maybe that has to do with ownership. That's that's more about ownership, though. We have to be fair about that. Sure, sure. No, I mean that, that may not be yeah. on Tocket, that may not be on Chaika, but it's it's symptomatic right. of an organization that just doesn't know what they're what they are and what they're doing. So now, Russ, yeah. you're in Michigan. You're at the Five Nations. Yeah. Uh, I've read a few things about yes. Svechnikov and a few other players. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the top players and for the draft, upcoming draft? Yeah, so people can go to sportsology.com and read the whole thing. But Svechnikov had an amazing one-time goal yesterday, pretty late in the game. He um, he was having a good game. I, I think there's still things he could work on. But all players, you pretty much could say that for, with the exception of like an Austin Matthews when they come out of the draft, right? So at the end of the day, he's skating well. He's looking strong. He's taken a little bit longer shifts than I think he did uh, in the top prospects game. And so that goal, I think, did a lot for him. And, again, he's right up there for that number two spot. So I think there's that to look forward to. And there's a lot of scouts here. I mean, scouts, GMs, like it's loaded. So I think uh, everybody's getting their, their look of him. And now Jack Hughes, who's, you know, the 2019 possible number one and so far the leader – in the clubhouse, uh, boy, I got to tell you, he has speed through the neutral zone that I haven't seen since Nathan McKinnon. Like it's just, and it's just effortless. And it's funny because even though he, even though he's a center, when he takes the puck up the ice, you would think it's Quinn Hughes. Like it's just, there's an innate ability in this family with great skating and hockey IQ that just makes this kid so dangerous. Now, are the both are both Hughes brothers there, or or is it no. just Jack? No, no, just Jack. Just Jack. And okay. it's funny because he gets listed from Orlando, Florida, and this is how all of a sudden players are now coming out of Florida because you know very talented hockey families if they move down there, right. you know they play down there, and so that's that's something. Um, I did want to talk about, um, but just Antonio just to, just to, just to point out, they're from they're yeah. from Orlando. I think his dad Jim was with the Solar Bears or play or you know involved in hockey down there with one of the either ECHL or AHL or NHL teams. Um, but then those two players, while his dad was part of the Maple Leaf organization, were playing in the in the GTHL and some of the leagues around there. So they got they got to play against the best young players in 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 Ontario. And I'm sure I mean there's natural talent there, and there's. You know, I we I saw the hockey IQ of Quinn Hughes at the World Junior, but they were able to play. They were able to elevate their game based on the competition they were playing against too, and that that's always helpful. Yeah, and Adam Samuelson looked good. Ulfie's kid, he um, he's physical. Matias Samuelson looks really good. That's Shell's kid. Yeah. Both defensemen. Matias is a top pairing guy, and I think he's wearing the C. So that's you know, so that's pretty good for him. He's going to be a pretty high pick. Um, now, Antoni Honka is Julius Honka's brother. He's a uh, 2019 guy. And I got to tell you, I see a lot of the same good offensive talent that we saw in, in Julius. We I saw in him. Uh, he didn't score anything, but, but he did a lot of good things on the ice, and people could read about that. Also, um, for the Czechs, there were some interesting players. Um, Matej Bluma had four goals, four different ways against the U.S., that was pretty uh, pretty was exciting impressive. for them. Hmm? So that's oh, no. impressive. Yeah. And so he's a guy that also is draft eligible this year. So people can go to Sportsology, read about the rest. But that's my 
I've only seen two games here, so that's just my day one feeling. I'm going to be here for days more. But some of these guys I've seen before, like, you know, the Samuelsons I've seen multiple times already. This is my first time seeing Jack Hughes, and, you know, I'm here to tell you he's the real deal. And you, and you want to know why – why uh, <laughs> How many scouts are there as opposed to how many scouts are in Pyeongchang? Probably none yeah. because all those yeah, players. Yeah, I know. They're all here. So and, two, and, and like I said. I was going to say two things about Pyeongchang. How good the team Canada looked today. Completely well, I, I, what dismantled was the, what the Swiss. What was the final, Peter? What was the final? 5-1. 5-1, five, one. Five, five, one. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I, I saw 4 That's, nothing, and then. That was you know. the first dominant game we've seen in the men's tournament. Yes. Clean, neat. Rennie Bork with two goals. Well, we knew Canada right. was going to be better than yeah. the U.S. We knew yeah. that. Well, you know, but and 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 they were in the women's game too, and and that was the other thing. If you, anyone missed that game last night, yeah. uh, you missed, they missed a lot. Well, they missed a lot. The level of disdain between those two teams. Oh, they hate each other. It, 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 I can't remember. Anything, maybe Detroit and Colorado in the nineties, maybe, and 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 I'm almost it's waiting impressive. for something I mean, so flagrantly is- like someone to lose their cool and do something crazy because it's 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 a pressure cooker. And after um, yeah. I think it was Lamaru did the shootout goal last night. The Canadian goalie um, Lafcasse, she chirped her, and they were talking about her on the broadcast. They couldn't, they could hear her say something. I mean, it's, it, it's, and at the end of the game, I mean, like, okay, so last night later on, I was driving to pick up my son somewhere later on. And so we have a syndicated ESPN show on, on 1290 here on TSN. They were talking about the game. Yeah. These it's, guys were like, it's, it was epic. Peter, it's going to be no, the highlight. And, and that yeah. game meant nothing. No. Yeah. It meant it's nothing. Gonna, and they hate each other. That's why yeah. they looked like, why it was so good. It's going to yeah. be the highlight of the Olympic tournament. It's not yeah, going to be the men. Be. It's not going to be Ru- – even if it ends up Russia-Canada, I'm telling yeah. you, Canada-U.S. in women's will get the biggest ratings and will be the most anticipated yeah. matchup because Canada didn't bring, didn't bring their best. The U.S. clearly didn't bring their best. Russia tried to, but, you know, yeah. by the way, the last thing, yeah, Alex Ovechkin making his comment, what was it, thanks again, Batman? And the, I mean, yeah. Alex – all you've ever done when you go to the Olympics is lose. So the last thing you should do is chirp about going to yeah. the Olympics. Yeah. He needs to concentrate on the capitals. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, guys, uh, good show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, hopefully, with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Peter Tessier, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. Go to Puck Talks tonight up, up in Toronto at the Rivoli. Um, go see Mike. Go see, go, go, see see me, go see me alienating a whole bunch of hockey fans. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.